What's going on, Washington football addicts? We are back again for another show. It is Thursday, June 24th. It is myself, Steve, and I got my boy, Phil. What up? It's the, the, the dynamic duo tonight. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dev and Rock can't join us due to other engagement, but we're going to bring it to y'all tonight, just us two, so let's get into it. Episode 76, y'all know how we do. Y'all know how we start out. Phil, what you got for us? Episode 76. Is going to be in honor of John Jansen. John Jansen was a right tackle for us for nine years. Uh, in fact, his first seven years with this team, in fact, first, I should say, his first six seasons with this team, didn't miss a single game. Didn't miss his first game until season seven, where he only missed one game. Uh, injuries kind of got him in 2007-2008, and that was the end of his run here. But was a stalwart left tackle in every sense of the word. 6-6 tackle, drafted in the second round in 99 out of Michigan. Um, was one of the biggest reasons why we had such a successful running game with Stephen Davis, with uh, Clinton Portis. All these guys, they ran behind Jansen and the rest of that offensive line. Um, hell, even Trump candidate got 500 yards running oh. behind, running behind that line. Um, and, and he sucked. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I had to bring up Trump candidate because that's Steve's boy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, John Jansen, uh, outside of the Hogs, we, we look at all the guys who were part of that Hogs itineration as, you know, the great offensive lineman in Washington history. But outside of that, um, Jansen, Bookending with uh, Chris Samuels. Now that's a tough, tough duo right there, and uh, one of the best in the in the two thousands as far as bookend tackles go in the NFL. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Episode seventy six. Former offensive lineman John Jensen. All right, so let's let's get right into it. First question coming into tonight. So. There's a lot of national talk about our team. Our defense is going to be great. Offense is to be determined. So one of the questions on Bleacher Report I, I, I read recently was, is there enough ta quarterback talent on this roster for us to be successful? And how far will these quarterbacks take us? So we got the 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick. We got 28-year-old Taylor Heineke, lightning, you know, Flash in the pan. We don't know what he's going to be. And then we got the the 25-year-old coming off injury, Kyle Kyle Allen. And then we have Mr. Mr. Mysterious, Steven Montez, but nobody knows what he's going to be. So do you think we have enough quarterback talent on this roster? And how far do you think they can take us? Well, let's step back a second. What did we do last season with um, a 24-year-old mostly injured Kyle Allen, a mismatched and uh, uh, second-year quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, and peg-legged uh, Alex Smith. We, we mean, wanted – we oh, 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 and we didn't have but one wide receiver threat. We had a rookie running back who had really hadn't played the position full-time before – and uh, a tight end who had never been as a featured tight end one before. And what did we do? Won the division. Got in the, the playoffs. Division. Went to the playoffs. So now you're going into 2020. We've got more wide receivers. 
We have seen that Antonio Gibson can do the job, and uh, we have we have, we we drafted a, a right tackle. Apparently, I thought he'd be a left tackle, but nonetheless, so he shored up protection. We drafted a second tight end who's appearing to be a weapon. Um, we have our number one tight end is. St- I mean, hell, he's still got room to develop. And we brought in, uh, you know, we, we found out that Taylor Heineke is a gamer. And we brought in a veteran who's playing the best ball of his career. I think we have enough to win the division again. Especially with that defense on their side. Do I think it's going to take us to a Super Bowl? No, I'm not predicting that. But can we get 10 wins out of this team as it is with the quarterbacks as they stand? I think so. I don't think that that's... A irrational or illogical thing. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can get where we got next year. Now, we, I think it's important that we, we say that the NFC East is probably not going to be as bad as it was. I think that's fair, fair assumption that, that we can we can say that. But with who we have, I'm confident we can we can at least compete with way way we did last year. What did we finish seven and nine? I, I think we can we can match that because the defense just got better. Jamin Davis, freaking Benjamin St. Juice, this could be a baller. We added Curtis Samuel, so I think the de- the reason I think we can at least mimic what we did last year is because I don't think that the the offense is going to have to do as much, right? Given given that this defense is the heart of the, the identity of what we are, and we. If Jamin Davis turns out to be our Luke Keekley that Ron, you know, wants him to be, the offense shouldn't have to do much. Just run the run the hell out of Antonio Gibson. Pass when you need to pass on third down. Play action. There should not be enough a lot of pressure. Look at this way. Do you really think that we have don't have enough quarterback to do better than a what thirty eight combined QBR? Right. Definitely do better than that. So I don't. That's a quite. I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate question because of the fact that we have one guy who's not proven at all, a second guy who is, and Kyle Allen, and Fitz is having this strange career renaissance where he's playing better now at age yeah. thirty eight than yep. he's ever played. So it is a strange situation, but at the same time, compare it to last year and compare the surroundings around the quarterback position from last year. And there's no way you can sit there and say, there's no way they can do it again. No way. No way. The offense is going to be improved just based off of the surrounding talent alone, let alone the fact that, I'm sorry, at in 2020 and 2021, I'm taking Ryan Fitzpatrick 12 times out of 10 over Alex Smith. Oh, hands down. Not even a question. Give me exactly. give me give me fits all motherfucking day. I will take Heineke over Alex Smith twelve right. times out of ten. Right. And I'm not yeah. even the guy who's out here going rah-rah for Taylor Heineke. I would right. take him over Alex Smith. I, I think we'll be all right. It, it, we'll just see how much Scott Turner wants to really open up things in the playbook and how much, what is he going to change from last year? Cause it, it'd be nice to see a lot more Antonio Gibson. If you ask me, so take the pressure off the quarterback. We could have taken the pressure off the quarterbacks last year. He was so pass happy when he didn't need to be, when you had guys who really weren't ready to be slinging the rock 
40, 50 times. Was I, I really think that they were trying to ease. Some of that was just easing Antonio Gibson into the role. Right. You know, because he was a rookie. He's has just as many touches as a wide receiver as he did as a running back in college. And neither one he did on like a starter level basis. So I think it was a matter of show us you can do it. Show us you can do it. We'll give you. And his 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 uh, load carry grew as the season went on. Yeah. Um, we know that he can ball out against division opponents. So you know you're going to get at least six games a year out yeah. of Antonio Gibson where he's going to he's going to play well. Um, and yeah, I'm he's, sure he'll do well against. He's part teams. part owner of the Cowboys. If you want to get technical about it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that it, it, that's and the Antonio Gibson story is is one of those things that I'm happy I was wrong about. Yeah. I am happy I was wrong about it uh, for many reasons. <laughs> One, because the two guys I had on the roster ahead of them taking that starting job are no longer with the team. So I'm happy I was wrong about that. I'm happy because I'd hate to, for be, to, be, to have been right, right and him be the option. Yeah, big bummer. All right, well, we shall see with the quarterback. Next, 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 next uh, topic is my boy. Darius Geis, number 29. Segway. So, Segway. <laughs> Latest topic with old, with old Darius. He got all the charges dropped. Let's just recap this. So he had four charges that he was charged with in Ashburn, excuse me, out of Loud in Ashburn, wherever he was living against his girlfriend at the time. And the team released him literally hours after these charges came. Hours. Literally. Literally hours. All said and done, it it was a settlement. The details have not been released to anyone. It just said it was a settlement. So I'm guessing it was some compensation involved, of course. That's how settlements work. But he was facing jail time if had he been convicted. So the powers that be got together and they they settled it with, with, with compensation. So then here we are. So it was just a shame because I really feel like he was going to have a year last year. I'm not super bummed about it because we got Antonio Gibson. So I'm happy about that, but I really, really, really love Darius guys. And I just felt like he he was going to do it, you know, him and him and AP. Well, we thought AP was going to be on the team, but, and then, you know, this happened. So what, what do you think about old, uh, old guys getting freed up now? I have to be the one who has to come up here who carried that torch till the day he got released. For Darius guys, and I have to say, I don't care. Yeah, uh, you, you know, there's enough stories surrounding that guy that some of which didn't come out until hell after these charges and after he got released that make me say there's no way he fits into the culture. There's some people are saying, well, maybe we should look at him as an RB too. We don't have much depth behind Darius guy or behind a. Behind Antonio Gibson, no, no, no. Ron Rivera is, first of all, Ron Rivera is not going to take this guy back. Secondly, this team, where it stands culturally, where it stands in trying to rebrand, is not bringing Darius Geis back. Um, Do I think he had the potential to be a 1,200-yard-a-year running back and just an exciting guy to watch? Yes. So did Lawrence Phillips. We saw what happened with him. 
Unfortunately, I think Geist has the same thing where his head's just not on right. He's in a completely different mental state. You don't hit, you don't creepily hit on grandmas at at 20 years old at high school football games unless your head is just not screwed up. No shame whatsoever. None. I mean, it's just. It's just something you don't do. So, no, I, I have no interest in anything. I have no interest in the Darius guy's uh, business. I have no interest in it whatsoever. And, you know, me last year, a little pained to have to face that because I was one on here having weekly, if not biweekly arguments on guys and Bryce Love versus Antonio Gibson. But look, time has shown that you can't roll with Geis because his head's not on right. You can't right. roll with Bryce because his knee's not on right. Nope. So we're running with Antonio Gibson. And we're going to have a backup competition to see if this Jared Patterson kid can do something, which, hey, look, the tape looks good on him so far. And he's. Kind of, you know, reminded me of Maurice Jones-Drew, if you want a, a physical comparison. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm not in the in the guy's business. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the charges were dropped and everything. Where it was a matter of he, you know, they did the payoff, but it was because there was enough evidence to go to court, and he didn't want a prolonged battle. And it's not a case of where he just paid straight up hush money. We won't know. We won't ever know. Um, but I, I have no desire to be in the business of Darius guys. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's about culture now. And the idea of him was fun, right? It was, he was a fan favorite. Everybody loved him. We thought we found our, our guy fun, loving owner, loved him. Fans loved him. And then, you know, that stuff kind of on him, but it is what it is. Honestly, with what we knew of him at the time we drafted him, it was one of those things where we got the guy who seemed like he was going to be the, um, as far as his culture and personality, the reclamation project that so many other teams get, the guy who comes from a troubled past, and then he becomes a pro, and he does, and, and you know, you know, you know, poor boy done good kind of, kind of story. Right. That, right. But no, the habits continued, and so yeah, look. We gave him two years. He gave us some injuries. He gave us one exciting game, one and a half exciting games. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Good for good for him. Yeah. Good for, good for him. If 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 he's legitimately not guilty, or it's not nearly what it, it seemed to be, I mean, good for him. But there's enough smoke to let me know that there's fire, and. I don't want to get burned. Yeah. And I wonder if anyone's going to be willing, someone's going to be willing to take a chance and sign him to a minimum deal. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be a little bummed if, if he does end up, you know, balling out, but like you said, it, it, he just doesn't fit in the culture with this team. I'm okay with that. So I think I've had my piece with, with Darius guys. I still have his Jersey, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet because I, I posted an Instagram video when it happened. 
what I'm going to do now. Huh? It's all fucked up now. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but we will remember his name. And speaking of name, our team continues to not have a name. We are the team with no name. And so let's talk about the most recent, the recent news. The U.S. Patent Office has denied the team's request to use Washington football team as a trademark. It doesn't mean they were going to choose a name. They just filed for the trademark in July of last year. And it was denied because Mr. Martin McCauley secured the trademark Washington football club. And they say the Washington football club is too similar to Washington football team and would cause confusion among consumers. So technically nobody owns the term Washington football team. It's free reign. I could go out and do whatever I want with the, with the Washington football team logo name right now. I'm not going to, but I could. That's crazy. I mean, I remember all the bootleg uh, Smurf Smurf T-shirts back in the late '80s. You yeah. know, they just colored them slightly different color, and they had them wearing gold chains and and smoking blunts and things like that because there was. Something about the trademark will allow for that to happen. Uh, so if you're in the business of the bootleg T-shirts, make your money now. Right. Um, look, Martin McCauley is – he is – he talks out both sides, both sides of his mouth. He's a smug asshole. Um, and he really thinks extremely highly of himself. And you know what? I'll give you this. You are so quick to snatch these uh, trademarks up. And you've cast a really wide net of names. So you can just keep causing these problems. But don't sit there and tell me it's not about the money. All right. they have to do is contact me. Blah, 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 blah. Because it ain't about the money. Yeah. Because those tweets he put out have mysteriously been deleted deleted yes deleted. now your boys here at washington football addicts we got them we got them we got them for posterity's sake we don't forget we don't forget and at the same time his lawyer saying that mr mccauley is more than willing to talk to the team and, and negotiate a, a, a deal that tells me it is about the money. Correct. And the latest thing from his attorney was also, as we've told the team in the past, Mr. McCauley is willing to discuss assigning his valuable registration. There's Valuable, there's, huh? Sounds like he's assigned a monetary yeah. value to that. There is legitimate proof previously. is like all he wanted was the team to change the name. That's why he got all these trademarks. These are called trademark squatters. There's, there's multiple ones. There's multiple Martin McCauley's. It's just that Martin McCauley has... The most he has the, the 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 most prolific list of team names so mm -hmm. it, it 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 the team has six months to respond to the trademark refusal now they have i'm sure they have some very powerful lawyers and i kind of hope that they sick all their lawyers on this thing and figure it out it's gonna suck if they have to just pay this guy for the name that they want but he holds names to i'll just spit these out the wash the red wolves oh. he can keep that one Shout out to Marcus Davis. The Tribe, the Red Tails, the Monuments, the Veterans, the Renegades, Gridiron Football, the Braves, 
professional football team, the Freedom Fighters, the Warhogs, Radskins, R-A-D skins, Red-Tailed Hawks, and the Washington Potomacs. I think there's a few more, but and what he does is the the U.S. Patent Office has to has he has to prove to the U.S. Patent Office that he has these for for reasonable cause. So he can't just have these to have them. There's actually law written to where if he's not using these in a, in a certain way, he can't own them. So if you notice on Twitter today, he said he sent a bunch of you know shirts out to some people who one of these names I don't know which one of them, but and he's also when he started claiming trademarks for all these names he would always post on twitter now deleted that hey I'm, i have this name i would love to start a local area flag football team and i will sponsor you for free so all these things out there he's trying to put on this facade that he has these names for other reasons it's all bullshit he just wants it to is. get paid by the team i'm not gonna blame the guy it's capitalism good good job but you know what you're fucking with my team name now so now i'm starting to get pissed off right you're really getting in the way of us getting past this no name phase it's it, you know go away ip ip laws are are the, the, most people probably don't notice although if you call on things i've said you know big free market type guy um, in, in ways that no one would understand. IP laws are always the, the one tripping point I have because I can kind of see both sides of the argument. But nonetheless, um, I'm glad you brought up that Red Wolves name. I'm not going to go too deep into Mr. McCauley because I'd actually like to have him on this podcast. And little hint, hint, it's something we've been trying to float out to the right people. We would like to have Mr. McCauley on this podcast because if he is as steadfast and can prove himself the way he would, I'm sure he'd love to come in and meet with some fair and objective lines of questioning. Because I would love to give him a fair, uh, fair lines of questioning. You know, I don't personally buy into his shit, but I'm open to being convinced if he can convince me. But I'm glad you brought that Red Wolves name because first of all, he can keep that. Um, I'm sure there's a good U10 soccer team, travel team that could use that name and he can sponsor them for free and those kids can go play. You know, he can sponsor some team in his People's Republic of Arlington that he lives in and he they can go out and they can play teams in Silver Spring and they can go to Pennsylvania and they can go to, you know, South uh, Eastern Virginia and the Tidewater, sponsor those kids that Red Bulls name. But I'm going to kill the Red Bulls uh, argument. The, the support for that name and why this is the team's not going to pick this name. Um, as you know, if you're a listener to the podcast, I am part of the fan network, the, the fan ambassador network. And um, I have seen some of the other people who have been selected for that fan network. And none of them are the Red Wolves backers on Twitter. None of them are the ones who are constantly pushing it. They went through everybody's social media when they did these selections. They saw what they were posting on Twitter. And the biggest Red Wolves backers all got rejection letters. That tells you right there. That's not coincidence. As deliberate as this team is being, there's no coincidence on this. Red Wolves is out. It's done. 
it's this, and everybody points to these polls. Oh, look, this poll on Twitter, this poll on Facebook, it says this, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something about social media polls, people. You will not believe how many social media polls I saw that said that the 2020 presidential election was going to be won by Joe Jorgensen of the Libertarian Party in a landslide. Yes. And she got 1% of the vote. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know about Twitter polls. Okay? And Facebook polls and all this other stuff. Survey monkey, whatever. All right? If you coordinate, and, and I've seen it, you coordinate campaigns of your followers for an idea or for a person or for a name to go to these polls. Hey, make them believe that this has more support than it actually does. They're trying to wish something into existence. I ever, get it. Well, it's you, great strategy. You ever think that they, maybe they, they, they rejected all the Red, Red Wolf supporters so they can convert? All the non-Red Wolf supporters, people like you, maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to do. That's that's the, that I'm, makes. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. But here's the thing. I can hear somebody saying that, and that's why I said it makes no sense. Right, 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 right. If you want, if you're, if you're saying, hey, this is going to be the name, you want people who can really rally behind it to make it feel like the fan base is truly behind the name. Yeah. It's not. Red Wolves is out. If you're a fan of the name, I'm sorry. Call me uh, Phil Heath because I am the dream killer. It's done. It's over. I, I, w- I don't mind the name. It, it's not – some people hate it. I don't hate it. I don't like it, but I don't hate I it. I loathe it. I, I like it. I like it because it gives the, the – it, it's easy to fit into the fan identity thing, right? The other names, not so much. What do you name the stadium? Battle Cry, all that stuff. It's easy with Red Wolf. Doesn't mean it's not. You can't it's have it with the other teams. Easy. Yeah, maybe that's why many people like it. But all right, well, enough, enough on the name. Let's let's. Well, talk I had about, one. I had one okay. other thing. Go ahead. I had go ahead, go one ahead. other thing that someone someone brought this up to me. Someone DM me this on Twitter, and they brought this up. Now I think this is more coincidence than anything, but something to keep an eye on because this name has been coming up a little bit more lately. Um. One of their uh, marketing guys, he, he does something with imaging and, and image and marketing and things like that. They just hired from Navy, from Naval Academy, mm-hmm. and and their marketing team or whatever. And suddenly, the name Commanders is popping up a lot more. I don't know if that's coincidence because the Red Bull thing's falling off and. And now we've gone from renegades to warriors to now we're on commanders. Um, And maybe it's just timing of it all, but just one of those things, someone brought that up to me and I said, you know what? Interesting. I don't think it means anything right now, but these are the kinds of things you keep an eye out for when you're trying to gauge which way the franchise is going. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Generals is kind of cool, but that one's already taken too. So, commander. Unfortunately, that was the team that got its ass kicked on Wide World of Sports for twenty years by the Harlem Globetrotters. And they're the one. Their parent company are the ones who own that name. So there you go. That all makes sense. Mm. Um, all right. So let's talk about our boy Carl Nassib. So I watched Carl Nassib on hard knocks. I think it was Cleveland when he was a rookie, he got drafted by Cleveland. And then I think I saw him again on the Raiders hard knocks. If you guys ever watch hard knocks and 
great dude. You know, as, as a rookie, he he's trying to tell his fellow teammates about investments, his fellow rookies, and they're just like, "What investments?" You know, always had a good head on his shoulders, and he and he came out, you know, announced that he was you know, a homosexual this weekend. You know what? Phil and I share the same opinion. Who cares? It, it doesn't matter. Great. I'm happy. I'm actually not even sure we should be talking about it because it's not even worth talking about. It's not a big deal. I'm happy that he did it. It's paving the way for future players. And I, and then you've heard all the stories this week. There's been a ton of players who have, who have, you know, it just hasn't been maybe as open, but there's been a ton of players that, that in the NFL uh, dating all the way back to the seventies that I've been hearing. So not Look, a big deal to first, me, but the, the first one, the first uh, player who after his career was came out of the closet and was, was openly homosexual was the legendary tight end, Jerry Smith of the Washington Redskins in the sixties and seventies, um, who, when he retired, had caught more touchdowns than your tight end in the history of football up to that point in a career. Um, so we're not just talking about the Michael Sam types who never actually saw the field. Now we're talking about a guy who some people have, are making a case that he should be in the hall of fame. And some people feel that the fact that he came out as gay during a time, which it was just, it was taboo still, um, is what's kept him from the hall of fame. Although it, again, it's 2021 and we talk a lot about normalizing things and I would love for the reason why we're talking about this is because everyone else is talking about it. It's yeah. an ele- it's be they've spoken into being an elephant in the room that you have to address. At some point, this should not even matter. And I would think that in 2021, with all the celebrities and all the people that we know in our lives that have taken that step of saying, this is who I am and say, I'm going to live my truth. Our general lack of, oh, my God, this is so great, or, oh, my God, this is horrible, or whatever your personal feelings are. At this point, there shouldn't be really any – the only surprise is that it hasn't happened sooner to me. Right. But, you know, live your truth, live your life. I don't care. I really don't care who you are. My only care is that when people are people, that they're just decent human beings, period. Just be be a decent human being. You know, he's a football player. By everything I've ever seen of the guy, dude works his ass off. That's what I care about. You know, and that's not just in sports, but in anything. People I work with, I don't care what you do in the work. Anything that's, that if I work with you, I only care about how you work. I only care yeah. about the work you put in at work. What you do in your bedroom, what you do at the nightclub, what you do whenever. Your business, not mine, as long as it's not affecting your work. Don't That's right. Don't violate the net. Straight up. Live and let live is such a beautiful way to live, people. Right. Unless you're a Red Wolves fan, then I'm not going to let you live. <laughs> or a Cowboys fan. <laughs> All right. So this week, the Washington Football Addicts launched a new offshoot series called the Washington Wayback Series, starring my man, Big Phil Croninger over there. So, Phil, let's give everyone a quick down and dirty rundown of what the Washington Wayback Series is uh, so people can get a good idea before they tune in. What's it all about? Let's let's look at it this way. We're, we're, trying, we're a team that's about to make a big pivot 
in its history, obviously. We're in the middle of a, of a name change, a culture change, uh, trying to pull out of 30 years of a general malaise as a fan base. We've, we've lost fans. We have fans. We have now have two generations of fans that don't have a lot of history to go on, other than times that almost seem like they're in black and white to them. They're so long ago. Um, and they date back to the days of VHS tapes and so forth. But it, no one's, other than, you know, like the 18 Minutes documentary, or, the, or was it the 18 Plays documentary on Super Bowl Twenty Two, you occasionally get something that kind of brings the history to life, but we really need to let people know that this is a franchise that has had a lot more than the Hogs, Joe Gibbs, the Posse, Theisman, and... Uh, and Doug Williams. This is all you really hear. And then if you really go far back, oh, Sonny Jurgensen. You know, let's let's bring some of this to life. And I'm not even going to talk about necessarily the stuff that everyone knows. My first episode was on the 99 uh, Redskins because that is, to me, and I laid out the case for this, the best team we've had in this town since the last time I won the Super Bowl. So that's 30 years. 30 years this year. And I wanted to say, hey, look, I know a lot of people remember 2012 because that was really exciting. I said, hey, look, we've had teams other than 2012 that were exciting. And this team came closer to an NFC championship game than we've seen in 30 years. Right. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, you know, I gave a little game-by-game synopsis. I did a little comparison between – the other two 10-win teams we've had in 30 years, God, we've had three in 30 years, guys. That's kind of depressing. Jeez. But I compared the 99 team to the 05 team to the 2012 team. Just a little, little bit of a brief overview as to why I think this team's better, and I went into detail. Um, and I'm going to talk about some highs. I'm going to talk about some lows. I'm going to talk about more of the history of this team, and I'm going to try to make it, you know, 30 minutes or less. These are not going to be – two-hour-long detailed deals. I could make it that way, but no one wants to hear my voice for that long. So I um, I decided that I'm going to try to take it upon myself to try to bring more history about this franchise than the stuff that everyone knows. You know, this is stuff that the diehards may know, but the casual fans, the younger fans, this is the stuff they need to know. They need to... If you want to know about your team, let, let's learn. And let me tell you about it. And I, you know, I try to make it visual. I got pictures up of different players, different games, um, things like that. I really tried to make this so you could you could get more of an image of what this this whole history is. So um, it's a definitely a labor of love because <laughs> I'm learning how to uh, how to edit. Images, sync it to audio, things like that. These are not things I'm naturally good at, people. Um, but um, I'm learning. And God, wait till I figure out how to get a video and audio from games and so forth interspersed in here. Then it's going to get even better. And I am trying to learn how to do that. So um, I liked how the first one came out. I was I was happy with it. But as with anything. You can make it even better, and I think that's going to, you know, it's it's only going to get better and better from here. So 
let's check it check it out for just a hot second can't hear it at all no okay but you have an idea of the visual if you can see this on youtube um you know, I had pictures of Stephen Davis up there. Stephen Davis is one of my favorite, my one of my favorite players of my lifetime to watch. And it's funny because he's almost forgotten by this fan base. Everybody remembers Clinton Portis. Oh, don't go back to Riggins. But guys like him, you got to think him. He and Terry Allen both broke the single season franchise record for rushing yards within four years of each other. It almost became a game of top this. I mean, Riggins record had stood for over a decade. Terry Allen comes along. He breaks the record. Four years later, Stephen Davis comes along. He breaks the record. And then Clinton Portis broke the record, um, you know, about six, seven years after that. And then Alfred Morris came along and said to where it is now. So, I want to shine a light on some of these guys that just the fan base has kind of forgotten when they talk about who was your favorite running back, who was your favorite receiver, you know, and you see everybody throw out the same couple of names and they're deserved names. But let's broaden the discussion a little bit because there's been some other great players who are getting sorely overlooked because the team's performance hasn't matched their individual performance. Yeah. Let's try this again real quick. I got I got something for him now. Oh, <laughs> he pulls up where I made a mistake. Miami. And then you also had uh, guys like Jeff Dellenbach and a couple others who filled in the holes yeah. as well at left guard. Yeah, now. Um, and honestly, my memory did fail me on that one <laughs> because left guard for Washington 99 was not a position where you had. Hey, you know what? See, see, Phil's not perfect. We we can we can show that he's not perfect. So that's what we did. I if, if, for those who are listening and didn't get the visual on that, I put up, I meant to say Jeff Yulenik because he was backup guard and center for us uh, during that time, and I said Jeff Dellenbach because I was thinking of uh, Keith Dellenbach, who also played for the Dolphins, like Yulenik and like Keith Sims. So this is where have, knowing too many names, they start to run together a little bit. So uh, I put up the infamous double face palm meme from Star Trek in there, just uh, uh, pointing out that, yeah, I said the wrong name, and I'll cop to it. But the fact that I knew I said the wrong name right there, see, your, your yeah, point yeah. does have, have, have all of those names stored up here. Uh, watched too much ESPN and uh, read too many of those Athlon uh, magazines from back in the day. Dating right. myself with that reference. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and close this one out. Uh, it's been a good one. Uh, Phil, you got any shout outs? Um, shout out to the hundreds of new members who have joined the Washington Football Addicts Facebook, or Facebook group in the past week. Oh, man. Blowing up. We, you know, we were, you know, every day. That number has been climbing, but man, in the past week, it has just—it's—it's it's like our membership has just taken a uh, just strapped a rocket on its back and just shot up. Right. I mean, we went from what fifty-eight hundred to sixty-one hundred now, uh, just in a matter of about a week. Yeah, and that's three hundred plus people we've added in a week. Yeah, um, 
Now, a lot of those were somebody was adding like all their friends to the group. It's all good. That's what we like. We like organic growth. We want people to come to this group. Like, man, this group is awesome. They have an awesome podcast. You know, they got awesome discussion going on. And it's not just most of the discussion in that group is not driven by us, the mods and the admins. We help it a little bit, but really, it's the people in the group that drive the discussion. We have some of the best discussion out there. And, um, you know, shout out to all these people who have joined. I hope you contribute, especially when the season comes. I'd love to see those game day threads. Oh, those man. are some of the best things. You, you you guys don't understand. If you're not a member of the group and you're listening to this podcast, join the group, especially for those game day threads. You just pop open the live game thread. You know, you get our, a, a good day would be six, 700 comments. Yep. You know, just people discussing back and forth, talking about the game. As it's, it al- it's almost like you're watching at a bar with a bunch of friends as, as things come oh, yeah. up, but it's in the text version instead of, you know, a, 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 an audio version. And I expect those things are going to be weekly over a thousand. Oh, yeah. The way this group be- has grown since the last season. It's, it's going to be uh, live. It's going to be live. Oh, yeah. It's the place to be, people. No doubt. All right. Well. Shout out to Deb. Shout out to Rod. Uh, they couldn't make it here tonight. And yeah, like Phil said, shout out to everybody joining the group. I don't know what Facebook algorithm algorithm is going on, but the group is blowing up. It's almost too much for us to uh, to handle at the moment. But it's been it's been a great great run, and it it is slow off season, and um, you know it's just gonna get get better as we get closer to uh, actual training camp, which. Uh, not exactly sure the dates on that yet. I think it's the end of July going into, I believe it's the 20th, last week of July going into August because I'll be on vacation. That's why I know it. So we're going to close one out. It's, it's, it's been great. Episode 76 in the books. And we will see you guys next time for episode 77. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on all your major major uh, platforms. You can get your podcast received to you. And now we are also on YouTube for the visual folks of the group. So it was great, great chatting. And uh, we'll go live here probably in one of these next few weeks. We can do this and answer some questions as we're going through. So y'all be safe, be easy, and we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Peace. Peace.